0: What's going on, everybody? It is Reverend Lyle Lewis coming at you one more time with another episode of our Pain Fighters Podcast. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Um,. Uh, As you guys know, my name is Reverend Lyle Lewis, aka Sean Lou. I am a minister at the Word Evangelistic Church, where the pastor is Prophet Willie C. Townsend. The co-pastor is Prophet Denise Townsend. That's right. I am not the pastor. I I am a minister that presides under Prophet Townsend. uh, That you know works in the church. You know trying to help spread the word of God and things of that nature. So. Uh, by all means, please go check out my pastor at the word evangelistic church.com. Go check him out on YouTube under the same title, Word Evangelistic Church. Or you can just Google Prophet Townsend or you know anything along those lines. Hell, you can you can Google him, you can look him up on YouTube. He's all over the place. And I assure you, if you like what you hear from me, you're gonna love what you hear from him. He taught me everything I know about the word of God, and I'm happy to reside under his teaching. Um, And continue on in the doctrine and yeah I'm just you know it's it's, it's a good ministry to be under I've learned a lot I've grown a lot and you know it's, it's helped me to learn the Word of God teach the Word of God live the Word of God maintain my salvation like everything that I'm teaching you guys he taught me so that's why I tell you guys if anything I would prefer I mean don't get me wrong I'm, I'm happy that you guys are here listening to me listening to my podcast but hey I would much prefer that you go listen to him on YouTube because you know he's got deeper revelations to dive into than I do but for those of you who don't have YouTube for whatever reason or you just like to hear the sound of my voice thank you for tuning in I I love you guys all the same um, and continue to tune in to me on YouTube, uh, under Lutown Productions. Um, you go to Lutown Productions. Yeah, Lutown Productions. That's L-E-W-T-O-W-N. That's all one word. Uh, Productions on YouTube. You have the, 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 the Pain Fighters Live. Then you've got Two Black Eyes and I've got, you know, Ephraim's Too Loud, but I, that was a project that I have to, that kind of got postponed due to a couple of difficulties but you know enough about that um so yeah we're gonna go ahead and dive into the word of god by all means if you guys are in the uh Chicagoland area stop by at the word evangelistic church we'd love to have you um listen to the telecast listen to our streamline um check your television local listings to see if we're coming on in your town and yeah without further ado let's dive in all right <clears throat> so uh, last time we were, uh, this is still the same thing cause it's, uh, uh positively and neg- negatively affected by salvation. This is part one D <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's the Lord put it on my heart to really break down these scriptures and, you know, I've been trying to break them down and, you know, on, on you know, on, for the podcast, I'm only pretty much allotted one hour to do it. So, you know, and time flies when you really start diving into the Word of God. So, you know, um, I'll be covering little bits and pieces and chunks of everything that I could cover, breaking it down. And then we'll have part two um, by the looks of it, because I think that this is, we're starting from the 18th verse today. So, hopefully, hopefully um you know but i mean it depends on how you know the lord deals with me concerning the message but hopefully we can go ahead and burn through these scriptures and then move on to the actual part two of positive positively and negatively affected by salvation now just to give a recap of you know uh to individuals who are just now tuning in um who you know, you're 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 just now listening maybe to this one podcast for the very first time. When I say positively and negatively affected by salvation, mind you, I'm not talking about that there are negative side effects to salvation. Let's get that clear. When you get in God, there are, you know, all things are good, because even the Bible says all things work to the good of those that love God. But When I say positively and negatively affected by salvation, what I'm talking about is how a lot of times due to lack of knowledge, due to our own mind, our own righteousness, and when I say our own righteousness, I mean self-righteousness. I don't mean like your own individual salvation between you and God. I mean your self-righteousness above the word of God, against the word of God, contrary to the word of God. That's what I mean when I say your own righteousness, self-righteousness, things along, along those lines. Um, you know, there are certain factors. These factors, you know, cause an individual to suffer in salvation tremendously. Um, going ahead of God, doing things outside of the will of God. These things negative, negatively affects you because it winds up hurting you in some kind of way. Not having, you know, not being properly taught negatively affects you in god because what happens is is when satan attacks you when your mind rises up when your flesh rises up when life and circumstances trials and tribulations when these things rise up and you don't have the proper knowledge in god to go forward and fight against these things it winds up messing with your mind because a lot of times it causes you unfortunately it causes a lot of individuals to ask Where is God? Why is God not delivering me? But again, because you're not properly taught, you don't know that God is standing right there with you. You don't understand that the Lord is right there helping you to fight through the battle. A lot of people don't even know that they should be fighting. They stop and they wanna pray. They stop and they wanna cry. They stop and they wanna complain. And then next thing you know, what do they do? They give up. They backslide. They leave God. You know what I'm saying? They're in salvation. Yeah, they'll, they some people they even keep and hold on to their salvation, but they're just so unhappy and they're so depressed and they're so cast down and they're so defeated. And the reason why is because, as I said, they're not properly taught. Some people are in unbelief. Some people are in sin. All these different factors. There's several, so many different factors that causes an individual, you know what I'm saying? Not giving your heart completely over to God. So many different things that causes an individual to get negatively affected by their salvation. And then you have where a lot of people are negatively affected by their salvation because they wind up dying and they go into the hell and they're like, but I was saved but what they didn't understand it in the process of their salvation they didn't do things that individuals that are saved are supposed to do they didn't maintain their salvation they didn't stay out of sin they didn't keep up their works in god they 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 uh if the word of god told them to do something they ignored the word of god uh um they they fell off into sin all these different things caused them and now here it is they're looking at god like how did this happen but the lord is looking at like i taught you in my Word. You know what I'm saying? This is the reason why I also tell you guys throughout all of my podcasts, throughout all of the streamlines that I do live, I tell you guys, make sure, make sure, make sure that you study for yourself. Now, mind you, there are some of the you out there that don't know how to study. And that's fine. I get that. But this is the reason why it's important to, you know, have someone who can break the word of God down to you and for you to study for yourself. This is the reason why I ask you guys, hey, look, if you're gonna listen to me or listen to my pastor, please, by all means, keep listening, keep listening. We're gonna give you the word of God the way that it's supposed to be delivered unto you. Through and by the truth and the the spirit and the anointing of the word of God, we're gonna deliver the word of God unto you in truth, in spirit, and, 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 and deliver unto you the message that the Lord called for us to deliver unto you, not cutting any corners. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know how to break the word of God down, listen to me and listen to my pastor or just listen to one of us, that's fine. Um, Again, like I said, if I have to pick, I'd say, listen to him. He's got more knowledge, more experience, more years in God than I do. He's a prophet. I'm just a, 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 a minister. I'm just a reverend. He's a prophet. If you look in the Bible, prophets are like the highest You know what I'm saying? Prophet is like one of the highest things you can be. And the only reason why, like if you look at the scriptures, and I know I'm kind of sidetracking right now, but the only reason why, um, if you look in, I believe it's in the book of Acts or Romans, one or the other, how he said that uh, 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 God gave us uh, apostles, prophets, teachers. You know what I'm saying? The only reason, the only reason why uh in that scripture apostle is put above prophet is because the apostles were talking about themselves at the time and they sat directly under Christ's teaching they sat directly under christ so that's the only reason why they put themselves above the prophets because mind you They, you know what i'm saying like they they sat under the greatest prophet that you know there was so but otherwise you know yeah the prophet is like you know prophet is like one of the highest you know he's the highest you know because mind you remember the prophets they're the you know what i'm saying the prophets in the eyesight of god are over kings you know what i'm saying the prophets have done you know monumental great things so that's why i said you know just on this sidetrack note you know i would prefer listen to them with my pastor prophet willis c townsend Uh, Because again, you know, the knowledge that that man kicks out through and by the word of God, through and by the spirit of God is is tremendous. If you want to maintain your salvation, listen to me. I'm not going to tell you nothing wrong, but hey, listen to him if you can. If you can listen to him, go for it. Listen to him. But, you know, again, if for whatever reason, YouTube, the Streamline, whatever, you have no access to it, all you have access to is the podcast. I'm here to serve so thank you guys again for tuning in um and let's dive in all right so um I said last week we're starting off at the 18th verse correct okay so starting off at the 18th verse uh let's see what we got okay so um okay so we're starting off at Romans the seventh chapter and we're starting off at the 18th verse um by all means, go listen to the salva- ne- positively and negatively. Salva- uh, <laughs> I'm trying to talk too fast. Positively and negatively affected by salvation. Go listen to part one and then go listen to one A, B, and C. And this is D. So listen to the whole saga. And then when I come out next week, I'll be doing this, the, the live stream line on YouTube along with the podcast to do the actual part two. All right. So. Uh, let's go into Romans chapter seven and the 18th verse For I know that in that in me, Paul is talking about himself, for I know that in me that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good. I find not now what he's talking about is a lot of things along the lines of like willpower and discipline within himself within his flesh now when he's talking about this he's more or less talking about the 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 carnal side of him the fleshly side of him the natural side of him because without the spirit of god you don't have the strength to push yourself past sinful things. You don't have the strength or the capabilities to overcome the flesh or the mind or the, the your heart or anything else like that. You don't have it. Now, mind you, yes, you do have a lot of people that are genuinely good people. They don't have a lot of evil thoughts and so forth and so forth. But here's the thing, and I'm talking about when I say you have a lot of people, I mean like people that aren't saved. Let's get that clear. Not a lot of people that aren't saved. You know what I'm saying? They they don't they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't curse, blah blah blah. They they don't do these things. You're right, they don't. But here's the thing. When you get saved, okay? Now mind you, when you get saved, a lot of times what happens is your flesh and all of your desires, they start to really rise up. Why? Because now here it is. Now that the spirit of God is coming, trying to dwell within your temple, trying to dwell within your mind, your heart, your body, you're trying to live for God. There's been kind of like a, what's called like a call to attention, so to speak, that rises up in your flesh, more or less like this. Like he was like, like Paul has said in the earlier verses, I had not known sin, you know what I'm saying? I had known, you know, not to lust, except the word of God told me not to covet. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what happens now that, you know, these things are brought to attention within your flesh, your flesh rises up. This is what happens in a lot of Christians' lives. A lot of people that get saved, this is what happens. Even if they didn't struggle with a lot of things, like for example, let me tell you, let me use me for example. Before I got saved, right? Um, I was not, you know, I, 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 there was a lot of things like i was a real nonchalant kind of guy real nonchalant easygoing kind of guy right but when i got saved all of a sudden there's a lot of th- different things that rose up within me like one for whatever reason when i got saved i just stayed angry all the time that just rose up within me but that wasn't the spirit of god you know what i'm saying when i got saved what else was it? It was just one, it was anger. I was just, I didn't want to be around people. There was a lot of, uh, 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 let's see. Like, I, had, I didn't have a lot of compassion for people. I didn't have a lot of, like, love. I didn't have, and I didn't realize, now, mind you, when I was a sinner, I thought that I had these things because it's like, if somebody needed my help, I'd be like, yeah, I'll help you, sure, it'd be no problem. When I got saved, I was like, I don't be, I don't be bothered with nobody. I did, I just really just didn't like people. I really didn't. I didn't wanna be bothered, don't touch me, don't talk to me, I don't wanna say hello to you, nothing. Okay, I don't wanna have nothing to do with people. Why? I don't know. That's just how my flesh reacted when I got saved. Spirits rose up in me. Because these were things that were embedded in me before I got saved. There was a lot of other things that got embedded in that were embedded in me that rose up. Lust. Um, uh, uh, lust. Anger, depression. Um what else? Um you know uh stubbornness. These are all different things that like when I got saved, they rose up and they fought against me so hard. But when I before I got saved, I didn't have to deal with these things. I wasn't fighting lust when I before I got saved. Dude, I was a virgin. I, I, I before I got saved, I didn't get I didn't lose my virginity until I got married. Lust was not a factor to me before I had got saved. When I got saved, it sprang up in me. Why? Because these were things that were always lying dormant in my flesh. I belonged to Satan before I got saved. So therefore, these things were not, they didn't, there wasn't a need to rise up. So you got to understand, your flesh and your mind are going to work against you in your salvation. This is the reason why you have to train your mind in your salvation. You have to train your mind in salvation. You have to train your flesh in salvation. You have to train yourself during your salvation of what to accept, what not to accept, what to think about, what to feel, how to do things and go about you know your life in salvation. You have to bring yourself under subjection. You have to bring your thoughts under subjection. Your feelings under subjection. The way you wanna do things under subjection to the word of God. Mind you, listen to what I just told you. You have to bring these things under subjection to what? The word of God. Why the word of God? Because it's the word of God that gives you the instruction. It's the word of God that also gives you the knowledge and the strength and the power to overcome your flesh, the power to overcome your mind through wisdom and understanding of what you're going through. See, this is the reason why they tell us that knowledge is power, because if you have the knowledge, then you have the understanding of how to overcome. If you have the knowledge of how your flesh works, then you have the power to overcome it before it overcomes you. You have knowledge of how your mind works, you have the power to get ahead of your mind and control it and bring it under the subjection of what you want it to be. In other words, you can make your mind think about what you want it to think about. You can bring your mind to a peaceful state. You can bring your mind out of depression. This is how I did it. When the pastor preached the word of God, I accepted the word of God. I studied the word of God for myself. Yeah, there was prayer and things like that, but it was more action than request. It was more of me acting on the word of God, more than me requesting that the Lord help me. It was more of me taking God at his word, standing on the word of God, than me on my knees begging God to help me. That's how I was able to bring my flesh under subjection with the lust. That's how I was able to bring my mind under subjection with the anger and the different feelings and so forth and so forth. That's how I was able to get past stubbornness. That's how I was able to turn myself from an individual who did not wanna be bothered with people to an individual that loves everybody. But again, it took actions on my behalf. See, the reason why a lot of people are so negatively affected by their salvation is because they think God is supposed to do all this stuff for them. No, God is going to give you the knowledge. You have to take the knowledge that God gives you and apply it in your life. You have to take the word of God and use it for your benefit. You, notice one of the the key words I'm using here is you. The individual themselves. The person who has the salvation, you have to do it. Understand this. And I'm not saying this to disencourage you, but I'm saying this because it's true. God does not need us. We need God. See, notice if you need somebody, notice how you do everything you can to cater to them, to keep you on, to keep them on your side, to keep them in your corner, to keep them in a position where when you need to run to them, you have access to them. But notice, notice. We go to God. How many times has God come to us saying, "I need you this. I need you to do that. I need you to do this." We go to God in prayer. God doesn't come to us in prayer. God comes to us through His Word with instruction. We go to God with requests. Now, I'm not saying that you know that this that the Lord loves us any less. I'm not saying that God doesn't want us or anything like that what i'm doing is i'm making the point to stress to you to get you to understand god is going to give you the instructions on how to do a thing but if you don't take those instructions that he gives you you're going to be the one that gets hurt you're going to be the one that gets negatively affected you're going to be the one that's going to suffer and then when you stand before god he's going to say i gave you the knowledge I gave you the understanding when I gave you my word. And he's going to ask you this question What did you do with my word? If you don't believe that he's going to ask you that question, look at the individuals that buried their talent. I covered that a a long time ago. How, how, you know, the, the, the people who they had the different talents. Go back and Please, by all means, go back and check that podcast out. It was a a powerful podcast. It really was. It really was. It was a good series. Um, But notice how the servant that had the five, the two, and the one. Notice how the Lord didn't need them. And the reason why we know that God didn't need them to do it is look at the one with the one talent. Notice how the one with the one talent said, I know you're a hard and austerous man reaping what you sow not. So I took the talent and I buried it. Now, mind you, basically what the man was saying was, you're somebody, you don't need any of this stuff. You got everything. So what do you need me to do this and that, this and that for? But Jesus Christ said, okay, but if you knew that I was this kind of person, why would you even take the talent? If you took the talent, you should have made good use of it. The other two came back and they brought good results. Why didn't you? So we see that it's not God that needs us. It's us that needs God. Did God need them to go out and do this and do that? No, he said, this is what I want you to do. I'm gonna give you talents. I want you to go out, occupy until I come back. This is what God wants us to do. When we get saved, he wants us to occupy our salvation. How do we occupy our salvation? By listening to the word of God and growing thereby. Gaining the instruction, gaining the knowledge, gaining the wisdom, gaining the understanding, and then moving forward the way that the Lord would have for you to move forward. Let's go ahead and keep diving back into the to keep diving into scripture. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwell in no good thing see there's nothing good in your flesh and when they say that there's nothing good in your flesh meaning look at how look at all the things that you battle with in your flesh we battle lust we battle jealousy we battle convexness we battle anger we battle depression we battle you know what i'm saying uh what else do we battle you know um um uh, malice we battle you know sin we battle you know desires we battle you know what i'm saying look at all the different things that we battle in our flesh there's in me in my flesh dwell it no good thing why is there no good thing that is in the flesh because the flesh has shaped in in adam's nature we as man are made in adam's nature nature meaning that we're all born in sin sin is a natural part of unfortunately it is a natural part of our makeup of who we are Notice how, notice how little kids, they'll start doing things wrong until they're taught how to do it right or until they just learn how to do it right. And if they don't learn or they're not taught, notice you'll get it where they do a lot of things wrong. Prime example, look at how children speak out of turn until you teach them manners, right? Look at how children will do, they'll say, they'll, 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 they'll they'll just say random things. Until you teach them, hey, you can't say this to people. You can't be mean. That's rude. We don't say that. We don't do that. We don't sneeze and cough in people's faces. Until we instruct them how to do that and what to do and what not to do, they're going to keep doing those same things. Mind you, I'm not saying that coughing and sneezing in people's face is a sin. I'm just using it as an example of how, you know, we will naturally go and do things the wrong way, you know, before we, until we're taught how to do things the right way. Now see, what Paul is saying when he said, in my flesh, now how did he get out of that position to where when he was saying, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing? He had to accept the word of God and grow thereby, as I said before. He had to accept the word of God, listen to what God had him to say, and train himself bringing his flesh under subjection to the word of God to be a vessel that can be highly used and favored in the eyesight of God to where he can come and tell you these things. Yes, in my flesh dwell no good thing. That's in anybody's flesh. My flesh, your flesh, everybody's flesh. You don't believe me? Put your salvation down and let your flesh run wild. Look at all the desires of things that your flesh is gonna wanna do. It's gonna wanna drink, smoke, party. It's gonna wanna have sex with God knows who. Especially in today's time, where that's where the spirit of, of lust is just running so rampant where you just, you'll sleep with anybody and anything If we let this flesh get out of control, I assure you, you don't believe me. Look at a lot of the sinners out there. Look at a lot of them out there. They are so out of control. They know they're out of control with the drugs, with the alcohol, with the, with their sexual lives, with their with the with the with the way that they treat people. Hell, if you want you you don't believe me, drive down the expressway. Watch how people drive. They have they have no concern for life. This shows you that if you let the flesh go untamed, it'll get out of hand. But if you bring it under subjection of the word of God, you can control it. See, a lot of people, see, people try to control the flesh through medication. They try to control the flesh through drugs. They try to control the flesh through alcohol. They try to control their flesh through all kinds of different means. And notice none of these things work. Now, mind you, you look at a lot of the Christians and you're like, well, they seem to be just as out of control, understand this. If you get a Christian that's out of control, nine times out of 10, they're not a Christian. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Because any true Christian is going to bring their flesh under subjection. Any true individual that's saved is going to bring their flesh under subjection of what the Word of God told them to do. You're not gonna see individuals that are truly saved out there sleeping around. You're not going to see any individual that's truly saved partying, drinking, and smoking, turning drugs and alcohol and all these other kinds of different things. You're going to see them constantly always in their Bible, always in church, always doing what's right, contrary to what others are doing. You get an individual out there that's just living any kind of way they want to and they're saying they're saved. No, they're not saved. Now let's keep going, let's see, uh, let's see me to dwell no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the will is present in me. In other words, I have the desire to do good. I understand this is wrong. I have a desire to do the right thing. But for whatever reason, I can't bring myself to do it. Why? Because you're a flesh. Look at how when we get to when we get saved. You get it where a lot of people, when they get saved, which is another reason why a lot of people's salvation negatively affects them, is because when they get saved, they can't, they, for whatever reason, they still can't bring their flesh under control. Some people, it takes time. For some, it takes time when they first get saved. There's certain things that's deeply rooted in them that they have to fight themselves to get out of. But when they get saved, for whatever reason, it's just, it's just, they just, they, they just, they just keep falling to this one thing or these couple of things that they're just so deeply involved in. And then they wind up giving up because they wind up getting disencouraged. So this is what he's saying. Notice what Jesus even said. Jesus said that, the, the the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. For to will in me is, is for, okay, what did Paul say right here? He said, for to will is present in me. In other words, like I said, I want to do good. Like Jesus says, Christ said, the spirit is willing. In other words, your heart, the spirit of God that's in you, all those good, your inside has the ambition to do good, to be saved, to live the right way. But again, the outward man, the flesh, no, it's not there. Like Jesus Christ said, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak, meaning what? The flesh is gonna go in the way that the flesh wants to go. The flesh is like water and wind. It's going to go the path of least resistance. Notice if you get water or you get any kind, you get air or you get water, it's gonna find a way out, right? It's gonna always stream and flow to find its way out, correct? Okay, that's the same way that your flesh is. Your flesh is like water. Your flesh is like the wind. It's going to find the path of least resistance and that's where it's going to go. It's not gonna go and fill itself in an area where there is no flow. No, it's going to always try to find a way to get out. In other words, it's always gonna try to find a way to do the thing that's easy. Being angry at people is easy, but loving them in spite of is hard. Bringing your flesh under subjection to keep you from doing things that's contrary to the word of God is hard, but doing whatever it is you want to do is easy. You see a man or a woman out there that you want to talk to and you want to flirt with and you're married, it's easy to go over there and just be like, hey, how are you? How are you doing? This and that, that and this. It's hard to bring your flesh under subjection and say, no, I'm going to be faithful. For some, I, I never found it hard, but you know, we all have our own struggles and battles. Okay, um, to to you know, but but the point that I'm trying to make is that no matter what it is, you know, everybody doesn't battle lust. Everybody doesn't battle competitiveness. Everybody doesn't battle jealousy. Everybody doesn't battle mind demons. Everybody, but everybody doesn't battle the same thing. But we all will battle something in this walk in the in in God. And your flesh is always going to try to go for the default setting your flesh is if you're battling lust your flesh is always trying to go in the way of lust if you're battling if you're a former alcoholic your flesh is always gonna want to want alcohol always if you never have alcohol for like if you stop drinking for 30 years your flesh still wants that alcohol your flesh still, there are times when your flesh kind of tries to nudge you like, hey, let's go, you know, let's go celebrate. Like Paul said, for to will in me is present. He said, for to will in me, for the will is present within me, but how to perform it. Now, mind you, how to perform it until you get in God and learn how God would have you to do things. He's right. You're not going to be able to do it. Because you don't have the strength to do it on your own. You need the spirit of God, the knowledge of God, the word of God to come and teach you, instruct you and how to do it. So that then this way, you can bring your flesh under subjection and do the things that's right. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. So I find myself doing things that I don't want to do. But the things that I want to do, I can't. Why? Because again, your flesh is constantly warring against you. You're in a race, and the race that you're in is against your flesh, okay? God is trying to coach the spirit part of you, while Satan is trying to coach the flesh part of you. It's up to you to decide which one of y'all is going to win. So you got a lot of people who, they're allowing their flesh to win because they, for whatever reason, are always hanging up on the fact that they're weak. But the Bible tells us, let the weak say that I'm strong. You can be strong. You don't have to you okay, even when the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. A lot of the times, a lot of people are weak and they're subject to their flesh and whatnot because they keep saying that they are. You don't believe me? Understand this, you're looking at an individual that's beaten many, I've beaten asthma and a multiple of injuries. And you wanna know how I did it? One way I did it was by speaking healing on myself. Instead of me saying, I'm in pain, I'm hurt, I said, I'm okay, I'm okay. Whatever is going on, the Lord will see me through. When I was battling my asthma, I said, I'm healed. I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm taking, while I'm saying this, I'm taking the medication. While I'm saying this, I'm taking the rest. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm healed. I'm healed. In Jesus' name, I am healed. Now today, you'd never know I had asthma. If I didn't tell you. I had a a clogged artery. Most people get clogged arteries. They keep getting clogged arteries. I'm like, no, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. The Lord's going to deal with me, take care of me. I, I trust in God. I'm healed. I, ain't had, I haven't had no problem. The moment I got out of the hospital, I haven't had no problems, no issues, no hangups, nothing. From that day to this, from that day to this one. That was about two, three years ago. I physically got hit by a car. I wasn't in a car and got hit. No, I was out walking and got hit by a car. Anytime anybody gets hit by a car, you get you know, bones break and stuff like that. Hell, you could die and all that other kind of stuff. I'm okay. No, I'm okay. I speak these things over myself. So, a lot of times, this is the reason why the Bible said, Let the weak say that I'm strong. You're weak. A lot of people are weak because they're accepting weakness. Don't accept it. Tell yourself you're strong and then act strong. Tell yourself you're delivered and act as if you are delivered. Don't accept the defeat of your flesh. Don't accept the the circumstances as they are, especially if they go contrary to the word of God. Speak these things into your life. What does that gotta do with positively and negatively affected by salvation? A lot of times people are negatively affected because of the things that they just accept without fighting against it. We get sick, oh, I got diabetes, I got this, I got that. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, the Lord is good. I'll be okay. Instead of looking at it as something to be upset and depressed about, look at it. Okay, well, this gives me a chance to exercise my faith in God. I go to God, Lord, hey, look, deal with the doctors, deal with the medication, but I'm coming out of this. And I speak that, I keep speaking things like that in my life, and it always leads to victorious results. It always leads me to come out of whatever situation, dude, I've been in seriously bad situations, but still, spoke, okay, no, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to come out of this. Everything's going to be okay. I'm going to come out on top. And every time I come out on top, because I put my faith in the Word of God. Because I, like the Bible says, life and death is in the power of tongue. Use the tongue to speak life into my life. Too many people are speaking death into their life. I'm hurting. I'm tired. I'm sick. I don't feel well. I don't know what's going on. Shut the hell up. If you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. Use faith and move forward. Instead of talking about how tired and sick you are, say I'm energized, I'm full of life, I feel good. A lot of times, I work third shift, I didn't tell y'all that, I work third shift. I wake up, I'm like, no, I'm okay, I'm good. I'm good. If you say you're tired, you're gonna be tired. If you constantly say you're sleepy, you're gonna be sleepy. I get up, I ain't had nothing but an hour or two of sleep, I'm like, no, I'm good, I'll be all right, I'm good. I'm good, I'm energized. I feel good, I tell myself I got energy, Guess what? The body reacts to what I say. I didn't get that knowledge and that understanding until the word of God instructed me of what to do. I didn't tell myself I was too weak. I told myself I was strong. When the word of God told me to come out of things, I didn't constantly lay on, well, I'm weak and I don't know. No, I kept saying, I'm strong. I'm going to beat this. Whatever God told me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to come out on top. And I did. Hands down to every situation. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just at the peak of my life right now. There's still things that I still have to do. But it feels good to be on the winning end. So you got those that, hey, hey, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm on the winning end of where of where I'm trying to get to. As opposed to a lot of people who are still sitting like they're like the man at the pool. I can't do nothing until somebody helps me. I can't do nothing until, until God comes in. You got to do it. God gave you the word of God. You do it. God gave you the strength. He gave you the knowledge, gave you the understanding, gave you the power, through him by his word. Take his word, use faith. Here's the thing. Even the Bible says all you need is just a mustard seed, just the tiniest speck of faith. And it can do great things. But then again, it also goes to, like I said, you have to train yourself. You want that tiny speck of faith to grow? Use that tiny speck of faith to the fullest and keep using it and keep using it and keep using it. And I promise you, the more you use it, the bigger it gets, the bigger it gets, the bigger it gets. There will be setbacks. There will be hiccups and so forth and so forth as you go along. Don't stop, keep going. Keep using the faith. Keep standing on the word of God. If you see that something goes wrong, find out if you're doing something wrong. Don't just give up. Just say, okay, did okay, where did I go wrong in it? Did I take a wrong turn? What did I do? Find out what happened. Find out where the correction needs to be. Put the correction in that area and move forward. See, the reason why a lot of people are negatively affected by their salvation is because they don't want to fight They don't want to put forth the effort. They don't want to put forth the good standing that God is going to perform it. God said, try him. But see, everybody just wants God to do it. Everybody wants something for nothing. People want money, but they don't want to work. People want healing, but they don't want to do it. They don't want to take their medication. They don't want to follow the doctor's regimens. They don't want to use the word of God. People want to be delivered, but all they want to do is just say, Lord, I need you to deliver. And then they just want to sit back. No, it's up to you. God told you, stand on faith. God told you through the word of God, after you've done everything you can to stand, stand therefore anyhow. When the children of Israel, when he gave them the promised land notice when they were talking about all the giants are there and we can't defeat them god pulled back from he's like okay well then don't go see a lot of times we get it where we start talking defeated god's like okay well fine i can't do nothing for you you don't believe me jesus christ even went to one of the villages and cried because of the people's unbelief he's like i can't do nothing here because the people are in unbelief he wept because of their unbelief because there were so many things he saw I can do if I just had people that believed. You look at all the miracles that Jesus Christ performed. He performed it based on the people's belief that he can do it. Peter walked on water. How did he walk on water? Peter said, "Lord, bid me that I come out there." He said, "If you believe you can, come on." Peter hopped out the boat. As long as he stayed focused on Christ, he was good. He believed he can, but when he looked around, this is the reason why the Bible tells you, when you go to do something in God, don't look to the left hand, don't look to the right. Stay focused on what is ahead of you. You stay focused on God. You stay focused on Christ. You stay focused on the word, but get everything else that's around you. When I paid attention to how I felt, it was harder to overcome my asthma. But when I stopped paying attention to the the, the, the how my flesh felt and paid more attention to the word of God, I overcame it. When I started paying less attention to how my flesh was trying to rise up in depression or anger or lust or whatever the case may be, when I stopped paying attention to that and started paying attention to the word of God, that's when I started overcoming it. That's when it changed to where the things that I want to do, I can't Where now. is like the things I want to do, I'm doing it. See, you can change but you have to put forth the effort to do it. The reason why Paul is bringing this up is he's basically saying, I can't do these things apart from Christ. I can't do these things on my own. It's hard to bring the flesh under subjection on your own. It's hard to bring the flesh under subjection by yourself apart from the word of God, apart from the spirit of God. It's hard to do it. So why not listen to God, the individual that made the flesh, the individual that can control the body? Why not listen to what God has to say so that you can get delivered? Why not follow the instructions? You got to wear. so many people out there, they take medication and they, they, they stick to medical regimens. Day and night. But when the word of God goes forth and says, hey, do this and do that. No, they didn't want to do that. Well, why would you trust more man's medicine? Why would you trust more man's method than God? Let me get you to understand something. I haven't taken asthma medication for years. Years. And all it ever did was cause me to have to take more. I take the asthma medication, and I have to go to the hospital. Get it's like it was almost like it was like I, I take as much until my my body would build up a tolerance for it. I got to go to the hospital, have them bring the tolerance of before the, the medication down, and then go back out there and then try to start all back over again. Constantly in this cycle of medication. But when I started trusting more in God, He started taking me away from the medication and started having me more more independent. The more I took God at his word, was the less I had to depend on man's medication. Now man's medication is not bad, it's good. God put the medication here for us to use. But mind you, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that the more I started trusting in God and putting in taking, taking, taking steps of my own in the direction of God and what he said in his word, the less I had to rely on man. The less I had to rely on medication. Now I stand before you this day very strong. Yeah, my life is like a vapor of smoke. I could drop dead at any moment. But as I stand right now, this moment, I'm strong. And it all comes because I accepted the word of God and what the word of God told me to do. Let's keep going. Uh 20th verse. Now, if I do that which if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it. But sin that dwells in me. Didn't I tell you before that it's sin that dwells in the body? We're naturally born in iniquity. We're shaping in sin because we're all part of the Adam nature. It's a part of us. Sin is a part of us. Hell, you might as well say it's a part of our DNA. We were all, all except Christ. He's the only one that was not born in sin. But the rest of us, we were all born in sin. So therefore, this is the reason why it is so hard for you to overcome your flesh on your own because it is just a natural part of who you are. It is the natural nature of who you are and what you're made of. Now he said, now I would, Now I'm sorry. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I go to do good, evil is present within me. So therefore, when you go to try to get anything done in any kind of way that helps your flesh to prosper, and when I say when I say help your flesh prosper, I don't mean like we're doing what the flesh wants. I mean like, you know, salvation wise Evil is always, the sin is always gonna rise up and fight against you, your flesh. Is always going to rise up and fight against you. When it's time to pay tithes, your flesh is always going to rise up and say, we could use that money for such and such, such and such. When it's time to go to church, your flesh is always going to rise up and say, I'm tired right now. Why do we have to go? Do we have to? I don't really feel like leaving today. When somebody does something wrong to us, we, okay, you know what? Bible says turn the other cheek. Our flesh is like, no, go curse him out. Matter of fact, let me go slap him right quick. You know, I'm. You know what I'm saying is right. You know what I'm saying is right. There's people that cut you off. You want to give. You want to. You want to flip them the bird. You want to curse at them. You want to cut them back off. You You. You want to. You know what I'm saying? They hurry up and fed around you and cut you off. You want to speed around them and cut them off. Then on top of that, you want to speed around them, cut them off, and then slam on your brakes. And you get you know what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm talking about? Somebody says something to you. You want to say something back to them. If you someone says. Think that somebody had something to get you. You want to go and confront them. That's just the natural way of man. But when you resist that urge, notice, when you resist that urge, notice how the opposite urge rises up even more. You want to slap somebody and you hold yourself back. Notice how you want to slap them even more. Notice how if somebody says something to you, you want to curse them out. You hold yourself back. You now, you now that you're holding yourself back, you want to curse them out even more. What did Paul say? I find the law. I find in the law, meaning that this is just the way it is. This is just the way that it is. I don't care who you are. Me, you, that person, this person, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter what nationality, color, creed, does not matter. It's in all of us. That when I go to do good, my flesh is always going to fight against me. For I delight in the law, he said, I find the law that when I go to do good, evil is always present. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. See, the word of God deals with the heart. It deals with the inner man. This is the reason why I say you need the word of God to help overcome, because the word of God is going to teach you how to deal with the inner man. That's where it is. See, don't get me wrong. The flesh is the outer man, but if you can control the man within, you can control the man without, okay? Okay. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. In other words, I see that how the war, how my flesh on the outside is warring against the spirit man on the inside, trying to bring it under captivity. See, if you let your flesh run wild, your flesh will bring you under captivity. Again, we're all struggling with different things. You may be struggling with conventiousness. I might be struggling with with jealousy. And then the person next to us may be struggling with lust. And if we let whatever it is that we're struggling with, if we let it run rampant, it's going to take us down a whole path that that, that, it's going to take us down a rabbit hole we may never return from. But again, when you weren't saved, you didn't have to fight against it. See, so you already belong to Satan. What did he have to, don't get me wrong, there are those people who really, they, you know, they, they 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 really act out in those areas. Why? They don't, they don't, notice how a lot of people that aren't safe that, aren't safe, that really act out in jealousy or, or lust or whatever the case may be. They're not fighting their flesh. They see a man and a woman they want to be with, they go after them. They see somebody that, that they don't like, they're sitting in the corner hating on them. They see something they want, they go get it. And it doesn't matter if they have to steal it. If they've got to hurt somebody, it doesn't matter. They're going to go get it. If they can buy it, great. If not, whatever. They're going to go get it. No matter what the cost. But you see us that are saved. See, we choose the different route because that's the route that's pleasing unto God. We choose the different route because that's the route that's going to lead us to a way, to, to a life that's better than the one we're living in now. We're choosing the different path because we're trying to build up treasures of righteousness for the day of salvation. We're trying to build up a good record in the eyesight of God so that when we stand in the eyesight of God, he doesn't bring up anything against us that can wind up hurting us. What do I mean, hurting? In other words, when we stand before God, there's nothing that he can say. Well, my word said this and you went contrary. Let's see. Uh, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's Christ that delivers us. But you keep talking about the word. Christ is the word. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Son, which is the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are as one. Your salvation is through Christ. Your salvation is through the Word of God. Your strength, your fight, all these different things that I've been talking about throughout the whole message, throughout uh, negatively and uh, positively affected, one, two, three, four, A, B, C, and Z, whatever, they're all circling all around back to Christ, back to the Word of God. That's where your strength lies. That's where your deliverance lies. That's where your knowledge and your understanding lies, in Christ. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, But with the flesh, the law of sin, in other words, the flesh, unfortunately, is going to be the flesh. The flesh is unfortunately, it's it's sinful. But this is the reason why the flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Nothing of sin is going to be up here in heaven. We shed our bodies and we, our spirit goes back to God. But like Paul said, I thank God through Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ is our salvation. Jesus Christ said in me, he said without me, you can't do nothing. You can't get delivered. You can't maintain your salvation. You can't overcome. Why? Because he's our strength. He's our go-to. He's our reserve. He's our backup. He's our everything. At least he should be in your life. So I'm going to say this and then we're closing it out. Without Christ, we don't have, we have nothing. Without the word of God, we don't have a foundation. We don't have salvation we don't have rules we don't have regulations we don't have discipline you wonder why a lot of people out there are claiming salvation but doing anything and everything and what they want to do is because they don't have christ they don't have salvation because they don't have christ if you do not have christ you do not have salvation period life and death is in the power of the tongue You use the tongue to, to recite and quote the word of God, quote scriptures of the word of God, back up on the promises of God. These are all the things that will help you to overcome your flesh, your mind, your desires, your temptations or whatever. So, guys, I need you guys to stay tuned for the final part of this series next week, we're going to be going into, uh, part two of this lesson. And, um, yeah, we're going to be back on YouTube. Um, I just did this, like these little sub chapters, um, on the podcast, just as something, just kind of like, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just to change things up a little bit, but Hey, uh, I'm glad you guys tuned in. Thank you guys for listening. Tune us in next week on the YouTube channel uh, and on the podcast. Of course, we're going to be doing both at the same time. And by all means, keep looking out for things that Mootown Productions is doing. Um, And yeah, until then, be safe, stay safe. God bless.